Are you ready to live in new dimensions with the power given to you by God? Well, you've tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Motivated to Greatness, where we discover the greatness within. Here's your host, Jerome Bouveret. Well, welcome to the Motivated to Greatness podcast. I am your host, Jerome Bouveret. Listen, are you ready to discover the greatness within? Then let's start today's journey. Now, on today's podcast, I want to talk about the nine qualities of a good leader. That's right. You heard me correctly. The nine qualities of a good leader. I need you to understand something, and that is this. No matter what you do in life, whether it be for career-wise, no matter where you live, no matter how many people you know, the reality of it is you are leading somebody. I guarantee it, my friends, you are leading somebody in life. And I know you may be saying, but but I'm not a leader, Jerome. I, I'm not a manager. I'm not a preacher. Listen, you are leading somebody in life. John Quincy Adams said this. He said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. So what, so what brother Adams was saying was that if you inspire anybody, which I guarantee you do, then you are a leader. Now you may not have been a quote unquote natural born leader, but you're leading somebody, whether it be your children, whether it be your spouse, whether it be your coworkers, your family members, you are leading somebody. As a matter of fact, I want you to just point at yourself and say, self, you are a leader. That's right. You are a leader. So I want to talk about the nine qualities of a good leader. Now, I guarantee that you can give me some qualities of a bad leader. But if you want to improve in your leadership, no matter what arena that may be in, whether it be management, you want to be a better leader in the home, you want to be a better leader on the job site, you want to be a better leader in ministry. I want to look at the nine qualities of a good leader. Now, if you did a, a quick Google search, on Amazon.com, go into their website and Google search uh, books about the topic of leadership, you will find that there are roughly, and, and this number may be a little old, but there are roughly 137,000 results concerning leadership. And there are new titles that are being added in every day. See, there are countless experts, I mean countless experts, and quote-unquote self-proclaimed gurus who speak often on this topic of leadership. Yet, with all of this at our fingertips, with all of the resources, with all of the training opportunities, with all of the books, we still suffer in our society. We still suffer in many cases in the church from leadership deficiency. We suffer from leadership deficiency in our nation. We suffer from leadership deficiency in the workplace. We suffer from leadership deficiency in churches. And we most certainly, we know this to be true, suffer from leadership deficiency in our homes. See, we have too many leaders, my friends, who believe their position mandates their influence rather than their influence enabling them to be effective in their position. See, many of today's leaders lead by what I'm going to call forced coercion. What is that, Jerome? What is forced coercion? It literally is, it's my way or the highway mindset. 
And really what that does, and maybe you're thinking of some people right now, maybe you have a tendency to be like that. You know what that does? All that does in life is that produces dictatorship. It makes them seem more like a dictator than anything else. President Theodore Roosevelt said this. He said, the leader leads and the boss drives. You know, when I was pastoring, I pastored years ago for many, many years. I still travel and preach and teach and do, quote, unquote, ironically, leadership teachings around the world. I used to always say it like this. You drive cattle, but you lead sheep. The Bible never calls disciples, never calls believers cattle, calls them sheep. And so Theodore Roosevelt said, if you're going to be a leader, you have to lead. But if you're going to be a boss, you're going to drive. See, oftentimes the boss will play what I call the boss card. They force obedience strictly because of their position and their status. But John Maxwell summed up leadership in this way. And if you want to know more about how to be an effective leader in every area of your life, get your hands on stuff from John Maxwell. You can go on to YouTube and watch his videos. You can order his books. Listen, he is the foremost authority, at least in my book, on leadership principles. John Maxwell said it this, leadership is not about titles. It's not about positions or flow charts. It's about one life influencing another. So leadership isn't about the flow charts. Is it? it isn't about the titles that you have. It isn't about the positions that you've held. It's about, are you influencing people around you? Now, as we're talking about this, odds are probably, you're probably picturing somebody you know in leadership that drives more than they lead. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's uh oh, a pastor. Maybe it's a spouse. Somebody, I guarantee you have either had in your life or you know somebody right now that drives people more than they lead people. But really, what we have to do is we have to examine our own life. Now, I'm going to take a very biblical approach from this teaching today because, well, I think the Bible is full of great leadership principles. And so, so really, we have to examine our life. See, God has placed all of us in a position of leadership. If not in our workplaces or maybe not in the church, then certainly in your home. As a parent, as a spouse, as a partner. See, I know there have been many times in my own life when I have not exemplified the qualities of a good godly leader. We all have done this. I will be the first one to admit that I have not always set the example for my children, for my grandchildren, for my family members, the way that I should have. So all of us have fallen short in this area. So I want to teach us how, how do I be a good leader? See, I, I, I don't want to knock all of the books that are out there on leadership because there's lots of them. There are some terrific resources available for you and for me who, who, who really know far more about this topic than I do, or maybe even you do. But there is one resource, my friend, that has a lot to say on the topic of effective leadership. And got news for you. It's available for free. You can access it right on your phone. What is it, Jerome? What is this resource to teach me how to be a better leader? It's called the Bible. And in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, that's what we're going to look at today. It gives us leadership principle. 
This, this book, this chapter in particular, Proverbs chapter 16, is chocked full of leadership lessons. And, and I want to give us nine principles that are critical. Hear what I'm about to say. They are critical characteristics of being a good and a godly leader. Do you want to be a better leader in life? Do you want to lead those around you effectively? You may say, well, I'm not a preacher like you, or I'm not a teacher like you, Jerome, or or, I I can't lead people like you. I'm not asking you to lead like I lead. But don't you want to be effective in leading your children? Don't you want to be effective in leading your household? Don't you want to be effective in leading and being an example to those around you? We all ought to want that. So what are these nine principles? What are the nine essential must-have qualities of a good leader? Number one, a good leader always seeks God's direction. A good leader always seeks God's direction. Now, it's very important that we understand this principle. Is there anything more important, my friend, in a leader than he or she seeking God's direction? Proverbs 16 and verse 1 says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Then you go down to verse 3, it says, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And then if you go down a little further to verse 9, it says, The heart of man plans his way but the Lord establishes his steps. See, I need you to understand today that a good leader, especially a good godly leader, always seeks the Lord, always commits their ways to the Lord. And then what happens? Well, according to Proverbs 16, 1, 3, and 9, when you commit your way to the Lord, he establishes your steps. He makes your path smoother. I didn't say perfect. But it makes it smoother. So a good leader must seek God's direction. The next quality of a good leader, if you're going to lead effectively, is a good leader is modest, not arrogant. A good leader is modest, not arrogant. Now, we all have encountered the know-it-all leader, the submit-or-else type of leader. Have you ever met somebody like that? Maybe you are that somebody or you are working with that somebody right now. And, and I hate to say it, but but I've seen this kind of attitude in, in the church a lot. It's submit or else. Well, Proverbs 16 and 5 says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is what? You ready for this? Everyone who is arrogant in heart. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a manager. It doesn't matter if you're a supervisor. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And be assured, he will not go unpunished. That's Proverbs 16, 5. That if you're arrogant in your heart, if you're arrogant in your attitude, you're an abomination. What does the word abomination mean? Well, it literally means that literally you're you're someone that God can't even look at. An abomination is something that is so displeasing to God. And he said, rest assured, that person that is arrogant, they're not going to go unpunished. 
Listen, I don't know about you, but I definitely don't want to be referred to as an abomination to the Lord. Why? Because that is some scary stuff right there. I want God to be pleased with what I'm doing. I want God to be pleased with the way I treat other people. I want God to be pleased with the way that I communicate to other people. I want God to be pleased with me so he can properly direct my steps. So if you're going to be a good leader, you have to be modest, humble, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Not arrogant, not prideful. Because again, if you are prideful and arrogant, my friend, scripture says that you and I are going to have some payment coming if we are not humble in everything that we do. Next, if you're going to be a good quality, quality leader, a good leader is a peacemaker. Oh, I hope you hear me. A good leader is a peacemaker. I didn't say he's he's someone that gets run over. Listen, nobody can make you a mat to walk on unless you lay down first. I'm not talking about not standing up for righteousness. I'm not talking about not standing up for social injustice. I'm not talking about not standing up against these things. I'm saying a good leader is a peacemaker. Proverbs 16 and verse 7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Did you hear what the writer of Proverbs says? He said, when you and I please the Lord, when he is pleased with us, he will even make that ex, that ex-wife or that ex-husband, that ex-coworker, that, that disgruntled family member. He'll make all of those people to be at peace with you. But the catch is our ways have to please him first. Yet, even with this scripture, so many leaders are not interested in examining an opposing viewpoint or other sides. Have you ever met somebody like that? It was their way or else everything else was wrong. So I grew up, listen, I grew up in church all of my life. I cut my teeth on the pew in church. And I have met leader after leader after leader. I was that leader. That Listen, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm the pastor. You don't know what you're talking about. See, so many people in life don't want to see other viewpoints. But yet, Scripture is very clear that there are many streams in the river of God, that there are many streams that are flowing out of the belly of God. See, we've lost the ability to empathize with others and compromise Compromise has become a bad word. Now, you may be saying, wait, Jerome, hold on. You're saying compromise is a good thing. No, no, wait, hold on. Not compromising everything. You can't compromise your standards according to the word. You can't willingly compromise the word. But you know what? Compromise is not a bad thing sometimes, folks. See, there's something to be said of sticking to principles. I believe that God calls us to be, to be steadfast. He doesn't, however, you ready for it? He doesn't call us to be jerks. And when our quote-unquote boldness is interpreted as coldness, we're not doing something right. So there is a time, listen, sometimes you have to back off and stop trying to make your way the only way. Stop trying to always be right. And even if you are right, sometimes it's better to just be silent. See, we need to learn when to speak and when not to speak. So if you're going to be a good leader, you're going to be a, you're going to be a peacemaker. 
Again, I'm not saying you don't stand up for things. I'm not saying you don't stand up for what's right. I'm not saying you don't stand up for the, for the word of God. I'm not saying you don't stand up for what you believe in, but there's a way to do that. You know, uh, Amos 2 tells us, can two walk together unless they walk in agreement? Now, I've heard people preach this and say, well, we can't walk together unless we agree on the same thing and we agree on it wholeheartedly. That's not at all what that scripture is talking about. Listen, I say it this way. We can agree to disagree. We just can't do it anyway, but agreeably. I may not always see eye to eye with everybody around me. I have sat under leadership in, in, in the workplace and in church where I haven't necessarily agreed with them. But I'm not going to be a jerk and go off and walk out and storm off and say, well, you're wrong and I'm right. No, no, no. I learned that, listen, there's times that I just, listen, I can, I don't agree with you, but it's okay. I can still be friends with you. But so many in today don't see that. So if you're going to be a good leader, you got to be a peacemaker next. If you're going to be a good leader, you must be fair and you must be just. I'm going to say it again. A good leader is fair and a good leader is just. Proverbs 16, 8 says, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. See, I believe in goals. I believe in working hard to achieve them. But the end, always justifying the means is simply not true. A good leader, a good leader, is more interested in doing things the right way than the quick way. A good leader is always interested in treating everybody fairly, in treating everybody equally, in treating everybody with respect. So a good leader must be fair and they must be just. Next, if you're going to be a good leader, a good leader will always surround themselves with honest, trustworthy counselors. Did you catch it? A good leader will always surround themselves with honest and trustworthy counselors. You ready for the next part? And then listen to them. Proverbs 16 and 13 says, Righteous lips are the delight of a king, and he loves him who speaks what is right. So if you're going to be a good leader, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to tell you the truth, but they're going to do it in love, that are going to maybe knock you off your high horse at times when you start getting a little prideful. You're going to surround yourself with trustworthy counselors, and then you're going to listen to them. Listen, I am a firm believer. I have had this attitude for years, and it continues even to this day. If I am good enough, to sit at the table, then I am good enough to have a voice in the table. Are, are you with me? If I'm good enough to be invited to sit at the table, whether it be in ministry, whether it be on a board, whether it be in leadership, if I'm good enough to be asked to sit at the table, then I am good enough to have a voice at that table that I've been invited to sit at. See, do you know leaders who surround themselves with quote unquote, yes, people, you know, people, you know, they always tell them what they want to hear. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Now, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be an element of that. We need to respect those in authority. But plain and simple, if you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I'm going to do it respectfully. I'm going to voice my opinion respectfully, especially if you ask me, Jerome, what do you think? I say this all the time. If you're going to ask me what I think, be prepared for the answer because you're going to get the answer. And it may not be the answer you want, but you know some people, leadership, managers, Pastors, 
who have surrounded themselves with quote unquote yes people. See, personal insecurity drives them to seek only positive reinforcement for every decision they make. A smart leader, a wise leader, surrounds themselves with smarter people who are willing to speak their minds and offer sound counsel. So if you're going to be a good leader, surround yourself with honest and trustworthy counselors and then listen to them. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22 says that without counsel, without other voices, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Did, did you hear what the just a chapter prior, the writer of Proverbs says, listen, without counsel, without advice, without other people to bounce things off of, your plans are going to fail. But when you have many advisors and you know, many can be up for interpretation. I'm not saying you should have 15, 20, 25, 30. But if you have three, two to three, maybe four solid people, whether it be in business, whether it be in ministry, what, no matter what it is, that you can sit down and they can tell you the truth. When you listen to them, got news for you, you're going to succeed. Those plans are going to succeed. So if you're going to be a good leader, surround yourself with trustworthy and honest people. Next, if you're going to be a good leader, you have to be a good learner. This I'm gonna oh I'm gonna I'm gonna drive this one home. If you're gonna be a good leader, you got to be a good learner. Proverbs sixteen sixteen says this: How much better to get wisdom than to get gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Notice he said, "How much better to get wisdom?" Notice he didn't say knowledge. The writer of Proverbs says, "How much better to get wisdom than gold?" He didn't say knowledge. Listen, let me let me break down the difference for you. Knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom is properly applying what you know. There are a lot of people that have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. You know, if you grew up in church at all, you, you heard about a man by the name of King Solomon. The Bible says that he was the wisest man in the land. Many people grew up thinking that I meant Solomon knew everything. No, 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 no. He had wisdom. He didn't know everything, but he properly knew how to apply the knowledge that he had. So a good leader should always be learning, should always be growing, should always be improving. Listen, I have been in ministry now for, oh man, almost 30 years, almost 30 years. I have been traveling and preaching, travel around the world, been in seven different nations, teaching thousands of people, thousands of leaders, hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. But yet I still learn and grow. The minute you stop growing, you are dying. The minute you stop thinking you need to learn more, you really don't know anything at all. See, the day you feel there's nothing left to learn, my friend, is the day that pride and arrogance have taken root in your life. And we already know how the Lord feels about arrogance. We already know what he said would happen to arrogant people, that it would, it would not go unpunished. So if you're going to be a good leader, be a good learner. Be a good learner. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you read a book to improve your to improve your wisdom? What book are you reading right now to help you obtain your goals? What 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 classes have you been taking? Do you know that I take classes every year? Every year I take classes to improve on my on my oratory skills so I can talk better, so I can bring my point across better. You know, I I'm not afraid to study cuz I understand a good leader is a good leader, uh, is a good learner. Next, a good leader is humble. Now, 
You say, well, didn't we already cover this one? No, 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 no. A good leader is humble. What does that mean? See, we've seen countless prominent examples of Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. See, from politicians and celebrities to CEOs and pastors, many have grabbed headlines as their empires have fallen, as their businesses have fallen, as their churches have fallen. See, in most of these cases, what happened? Pride crept in. They thought themselves invincible, but quickly found out that no one is. See, Proverbs 16 and verse 19 says, It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. If you're going to be a good leader, you have to remain humble. You have to remain teachable. You have to see yourself as equal to everyone that's working with you. This is so key. Next, a good leader is sensible and kind. A good leader is sensible and kind. Proverbs 16, 22 through about 27. I'm going to give you first couple verses here. Proverbs 16, 22 through 27 says, Good sense is a foundation of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. See, being smart and sensible makes a good leader more persuasive and effective. Did you catch it? The writer was saying that when, when you're smart and you're sensible, when you're kind, you have more persuasion. You have more effectiveness. You're able to persuade, not manipulate. Two totally different things. You're able to persuade people when you're sensible, when you're kind, when you walk with it with good intent. See, a good leader, verse 27, uses gracious words in verse 24, rather. A good leader uses gracious words and verse 27, not speech that is like a scorching fire. So Proverbs 16, 22 through 27 basically says that when you're kind, when you use gracious words, when you don't go off and lose your temper and throw stuff and cuss everybody out, you're going to have more effectiveness and you're going to be able to persuade people easier. Why? Because you're displaying what it means to be humble. And last but not least, the last quality to being a good leader, you ready for it? Here it is. A good leader is slow to anger. See, we've all seen the caricatures in movies and televisions of the angry boss. The person who yells for no reason, who barks orders and berates and demoralizes the staff. We've seen this. Maybe you have a tendency to be that person in your house with your children. No patience, no, no smoothness. You just, just go off. Perhaps you've even worked for a person or you've been that person. But Proverbs 16.32 says, my friends, whoever is slow to anger is better than a mighty army and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. What was the writer of Proverbs saying, Joe? He was saying that when you're slow to anger, you are you have more power than the most powerful army on the face of the earth. 
And when you rule your spirit, that word spirit there in the original text, it can mean emotions. And he who rules or has control of his emotions, then he who takes a city. In other words, when you can control your emotions, when you can rule your emotions, I did a podcast back a little while ago. Go back and listen to it. Mastering your emotions. When you can control those emotions, you have more power than someone that takes an entire city. If you're going to be a good leader, you have to be slow to anger. Listen, I'm going to leave you with this quote. John Maxwell said this. We cannot become what we need by remaining what we are. We cannot become what we need by remaining what we are. See, it is up to us, my friends, to put our human tendencies aside and embrace and embrace all of these principles. It's up to you to pray for those that you're under, that you serve. It's also up to us to pray for those that are serving us. See, we need to pray that they would be good leaders as we set the example of being a good leader. Listen, I need you to share this podcast. Share this podcast. Help us empower others by sharing about M2G Motivated to Greatness podcast. You can share it right through whatever platform you may be listening on. Help us help others discover the greatness Help others discover the greatness within. Listen, we have listeners from around the globe. Help us expand. Also, will you partner with M2G? Will you help us expand in this season? Listen, I'm asking all of you that would be willing to do it to sow a seed. There is no insignificant seed. But if we can get at least 30 of our listeners, listen, we want to expand this podcast. We want to expand what we're doing. Would you make a commitment of at least 5 to $10 a month? Five to ten dollars a month, and we can do more. You can give right through our website, which our announcer is going to come and give us that website information. Listen, listen, it doesn't matter whether it be a one-time gift or it be something that maybe is on a monthly basis. We say thank you. Here's our announcer to share with you how you can give through our website and stay connected. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Motivated to Greatness. We hope that you were encouraged to find your greatness within. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes of Motivated to Greatness with Jerome Bouveret. If you have a topic idea that you would like to hear discussed or simply have questions, please email your requests to kingdombif at gmail.com. Again, that's kingdombif at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Would you like to receive weekly M2G mobile empowerments? If so, please text M2G to 31996. That's the letter M, the number two, and the letter G to 31996. We want you to stay empowered. Here at M2G, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a prayer request and would like for us to agree with you, we have a team of hundreds of prayer warriors across the nation who are awaiting your requests. Please email your prayer requests to kingdombif at gmail.com. Again, that's kingdombif at gmail.com. Thank you for your continuous support. For more M2G info, please visit our website at www.kbif.info. Again, that's www.kbif.info.
info. You can also connect with Jerome Bouverette by following him on Instagram, Facebook, Periscope, and by subscribing to his YouTube channel, all at Jerome A. Bouverette. Thank you again for tuning in to Motivated to Greatness. Take the time today to discover your greatness within. Thank <laughs> you.